from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. Hi, Dr. Franchel Hamilton here, founder of NeuroSwitch Weight Loss and your obesity weight loss and wellness expert. And uh, today, um, this time on Dr. Vision, I want to talk about um, obesity or excessive um, weight gain. And what is the journey to that? What does that look like? What are some of the myths around that? So because a lot of people, and we've been talking about this on Health Insights, their goal at the beginning of the year is to lose weight. And obviously that's a lot of people's goal, but in the end, it's oftentimes a failed mission, so to speak. And one of the reasons why it doesn't work out well is because people either don't understand the way weight loss works or they're doing it the wrong way. Those are the the main reasons. And so I want to kind of discuss what it is and what it is not. And so let's start about talking about what it is not. So obesity or excessive weight gain or um, weight regain, if you lost weight, first of all, it is not necessarily due to lack of willpower. That is exactly what it is not. It is not because people or someone cannot stop eating. It is not because they um, can't control their calories or they're just not exercising enough. It is not necessarily pinpointed to those one or two things. Um, The old reasoning behind obesity um, was due to too many calories in, not enough calories out. That way is now kind of going by the wayside. There are so many reasons for excessive weight gain to the point of obesity and then obviously other medical conditions. And there's so many causes, too many lists to list here, but it has to do with your genetics. It has to do with your epigenetics. It has to do with your environment. It has to do a lot with your brain. It has to do um, with your culture. It has to do with your experiences. And yes, it does include excessive calories. And of course, it's the type of food that we're eating. Um, It is our more sedentary lifestyle, but that's across the board, right? Like everybody who is currently living in America has a different way of life than what was 100 or 200 years ago. Clearly, we don't hunt our food anymore. We don't um, hang our clothes outside. We don't hand wash our clothes and most of the times our cars Um, that's one of the things I tried to hang on to just to get some burn some extra calories but a lot of us 
There's, there's technologies and advancements that make sedentary lifestyle definitely more easy. And so unless we make an effort to get movement, that it's very easy to get kind of caught up in a sedentary lifestyle. And that could be for multiple reasons. I mean, if you have a family, if you're working full time, one job, not to mention potentially two jobs, trying to get additional activity in can be very hard. So it's not, let's not point fingers of people who are struggling with this because they don't exercise enough. There's so many reasons for that. And the environment that we all live in today makes it very difficult um, for us to be active. You almost have to go out of your way to be active and not to mention the food. It's the exact same thing. Um, the food, the American diet, it's literally called the standard American diet. I talk about this in my book and the best diet is, is the worst diet ever. And this is the predominant diet that we take here in the U.S. It started years ago during the war, essentially. And so we were trying to make food industrial revolution. We were trying to make food to last longer um, for troops for, for multiple reasons. Like the, the concept, the original concept was um, for good, but it has turned our food into horrible as far as like nutrients um, for our bodies and nourishments for our bodies and just made us in general as a whole very unhealthy. But it's everywhere. It's on the shelves. It's in the middle aisles of the grocery store. It's where most people shop. It's what we give our kids to go to, to school with. It's their snacks. And so then they grow up eating the same stuff. It's our fast-paced lifestyle. And so it's much easier to either grab fast food or to eat cereal or Pop-Tarts or whatever people do in the morning. Um, and so it's a combination of the way we live our life and the access that we have. Healthier food sometimes tends to be more expensive. So people who may have make less or in a lower income, it's a lot more expensive and difficult, more difficult for them to get access to healthier food. So I don't want people to think obesity or excessive weight gain is necessarily the person. There are so many other factors to take into account, socioeconomic class being one, um, the color of your skin being one, the culture. I mean, there's so many different things to be taken into account. Um, and so that's one of the myths that I want to like dispel of because that's an old, almost like an old wise tale that's not even relevant in this day and time. There's so many um, commercials of junk food. Most of the commercials, believe it or not, that are advertised is all junk food. The Coca-Cola, the sodas, the different types of cereals, the Pop-Tarts, the, you know what I'm saying? The most of it's junk food and, and they're advertising it. And so in our brain, it's almost like making us want this junk food even more. Like the Wendy's commercial, the McDonald's commercials, and so due to our current environment, it plays a huge role. And a lot of us who study obesity call it obesogenic environment. We literally are living in an obesogenic environment. And that means our current lifestyle is actually more prone to excessive weight gain than it has ever been before because we have to seek out healthier food options. We have to oftentimes pay a little bit more for healthier food options. It's almost like a bit of an inconvenience, actually, to be healthier, um, to be more active. Um, it's much easier to not be 
And so that's why a lot of us who study it in the field feel like we are living in an obesogenic environment. And so you almost have to fight very hard not to become obese in the current environment that we're living in. And not to mention our genes and epigenes, right? So heaven forbid there's genetic predis- uh, predispositions to obesity, like we talked about in previous segments, to heart disease, to hypertension. If you are predisposed to obesity and you live in an obesogenic environment, you have to fight hard not to become obese. So again, it's it's not due to lack of willpower. It's not due to the person. There are literally genes that we have that and and I do genetic testing so I see this all the time that will tell you how hungry you should be um so you could be starving all the time and it's not because lack of willpower it's literally a genetic problem that you have that's switched on that is like making you hungry all the time and so unless you're on medication or unless you're on an appropriate regimen to help tame that you will be more prone to weight gain and not and but but knowing that is important the other thing that's important is exercise some people like me for example are prone are not prone to losing weight with exercise let me reword that if i exercise i will not lose weight this is a genetic problem that i have because i've done my own genes and so for me as I may have previously stated on other segments, I exercise for other reasons. It's a stress relief for me. I actually enjoy it. It's a rewarding pathway, so to speak, for me. Um, it, it it helps me with my heart health. It's probably the reason I haven't had di- diabetes, which I'm prone to also, or hypertension, is because I work out. Um, and so that's the benefits of that. But studies have shown working out, even if it doesn't help you lose weight, it will definitely prevent you from um, regaining weight. So if you have lost weight and you obviously want to keep it off, right? Because most people do. Exercise will help the weight um, regain. And so that's one of the things that if you have lost weight you're or you're in the process right now of losing weight, you have to continue, move, do some type of activity to prevent it from regaining. The other myth Um, that I want to dispel is the problem that most people have is not necessarily, most people think it's a problem of weight loss, like, oh, I just can't lose weight. It's actually a problem of weight regain. Most people can lose the weight. They can't keep it off after they lose the weight. And, And a lot of this is a brain problem. And so I've discussed in other segments, our brain, believe it or not, dictates a lot of things. And so if you can fix the underlying brain problem, you can fix the weight problem. A lot of people jump directly to the diet or to pills or even surgery, right? And as a bariatric surgeon, I've seen people regain because they have not fixed the brain problem. And so this is what happened when you try to lose weight. We've kind of gone over other segments. You go on a starvation diet or low-calorie diet. It happens with bariatric surgery also or on medication but your brain didn't realize that that's what you're going to do. And so your brain almost, the short of it is, it forces you to go back to old habits because that's what it's familiar with, that's what it knows. The brain burns a lot of energy learning new things. And as I've discussed before, it does not want to learn a new diet. 
It does not want to learn necessarily new exercises. It wants to, it wants something easy. And so when you go on these weight loss journeys, you have to work with your brain. You can't do something that's non-rewarding. And so if you don't like the gym, don't go to the gym. Find something else that you actually like to do that becomes rewarding in your brain. And then that kill switch that I've talked about won't trigger you to stop exercising because that's what it'll do. It, it, your brain doesn't like the gym, but it'll just make you stop exercising. And then you'll be like, I don't know why I stopped. I just did. But the same thing happens in diets too. Well, most people do keto or low carb. And if that is not friendly on your brain because it's not a habit that it is used to doing and it doesn't like doing it, it'll kill that too. It'll make you stop. So you'll do it, the keto diet or the low carb or whatever you want, Atkins, whatever all these kind of fat diets, you'll do it for about 30 days, maybe even 60 days. But if you noticed, those aren't things that you can do forever. When you're going on a weight loss journey, one of the truths is you have to do something that you can do forever. So when you start your journey, you need to ask yourself, is this something that I can do forever? And I often tell, ask my patients this, when we go through kind of some of the things that we like, because I go through like a whole thing with them, when we go through their unhealthy habits that they need to change, and then what habits do they want to start? It's like, what do you want to do that you actually like to do? And they're like, okay, I like to dance. Well, can you, okay, how many times do you think you can dance? And they'll say six days a week for an hour. And I'm like, mm, is that actually something that you can do for forever? Is this something you could do forever? And they, they're like, no, probably not. If the answer is no, I don't want you doing it now. Because what it's going to do is going to trigger that kill switch in your brain. And then you're just going to stop doing it. You're not even going to want to do it anymore. So I don't want you doing that. How about you go dancing for two days a week or maybe even three days a week? I don't want you doing any more than that because it's going to hit the kill switch in your brain and you're going to stop that new healthy habit before it even has time to form a strong pathway in the brain. See, all these bad habits that a lot of people have, such as late night eating or even getting up and eating late or when I feel upset, I go to ice cream or cookies. These things are likely things that you or whoever has been doing for years and years. So you're not going to automatically be able to break that. That is a pathway in your brain that is now a habit. Habits are what's formed in your brain. Behaviors are things that can change, right? Habits are long-term things. And that's what you want to focus on when you're trying to start something new and you want to make it a forever thing. So saying that, you're going to completely give up ice cream forever, that's a great long-term goal to have, but you have to do it a certain way so that your brain doesn't flip that kill switch and make you stop doing it. And then you end up eating two gallons of ice cream at once and, and, and the habit is lost, right? And so unhealthy habits aren't gonna be able to be broken um, in 30 days, even 60 days, and new healthy habits aren't going to be able to be created long-term in that period of time. It has to be something that you can all forever do. And so a lot of times I like patients to start with healthy swaps because that kind of tricks the brain. It makes it seem like, okay, well, it's not 
it, they still think it's the same thing. So for example, um, people who like ice cream at night, I'll say switch to a smaller amount and switch to carb smart, like a healthier option. And once they have that down, then I'll be like, okay, why don't you swap to yogurt, you know, and make it frozen, you know, and we just take kind of baby steps. That's the way you form a new healthy habit. You break an old unhealthy one and you just make healthier swap. And then eventually your taste buds will change, believe it or not, because they do. And you're not even going to want the ice cream anymore. You'd prefer the frozen strawberries or the frozen yogurt. Um, and that's a much better option. That's not going to contribute to your weight at all. The other thing when people eat late at night, I'm like, okay, you can still eat late at night. But how about you eat almonds late at night or blueberries late at night, you know? You still need to give them the late at night, but just have them switch it to a healthier option. So those are healthy swaps that if you want to go on a longer journey to become more healthy, that's the way you do it. You don't do these um, starvation or completely cut out things unless it's something that you truly feel like you can do. Like for example, for me, I was a Diet Coke addict. Diet Coke, by the way, just because it says diet in front of it, that's a total commercial um, advertising marketing gig. It's not diet. It's still not good for you. But needless to say, I also was part of the, you know, marketing thing and was like, oh, diet's, diet is better than regular. And so I was drinking Diet Coke for the longest. And as I went through my pregnancies, um, the, my OB was like, you can't have Diet Coke. It has aspartame, which it does. And that's not good for brain development in your baby. And I was like, huh, well, if it's not good for my baby's brain, hmm, then it can't be that great for mine. And then, of course, I started reading into it. And that's like the main trigger for like Alzheimer's and dementia. You know what I'm saying? And so that was motivation enough for me to completely give that up. So that was an example of a bad habit that I was able to completely give up. I did, I had, I was motivated to, right? Like I, I wanted a healthy baby, but then I was like, well, I want to be healthy and I want to be around for my babies. You know what I'm saying? And so that was enough for me to completely give that up. And I have not really looked back since I probably drink two or three a year now, you know, and, and that's not a high enough amounts of the aspartame to affect anything. So that's in situations like that, when you're highly motivated and you have like a reason or a why giving it up cold turkey, especially if it wasn't something like if I were to, I did a Coke a day. Like if you did five Cokes a day, completely giving that up will put you in withdrawal. You know what I'm saying? So in that situation, you'll have to do a healthy swap. But the point being, there are situations where you can do a complete cold turkey if your why is strong enough, if you're highly motivated um, to do it, you can do a complete cold turkey. Um, but it has to be something that's a little bit smaller um, on the habit scale, so to speak. And if your habits are too big or it's something that you want to try, you need to take baby steps towards that. So that's the truth as far as um, wanting to lose weight. You have to do healthy swaps so it's easier and more friendlier for your brain and it has to be baby steps. It can't be these dramatic changes um, that you do because, again, that will trigger 
a mechanism in the brain to just stop that behavior. So hopefully I've lit, taught you guys something on this, um, on this doctor vision. It's not you. It's your brain. That's what I tell my patients all the time. So stop blaming yourself. It's not lack of willpower. There's better ways to lose weight and keep it off. Um, that's the biggest problem with uh, the obesity epidemic that's going on right now. Most people can't keep the weight off. And the main reason why is because they're losing weight the wrong way or they um, don't know kind of the, the triggers and they didn't work with the brain to be able to understand how to keep that weight off. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Um, you can find out more information at stoptheregain.com. Um, follow me on Instagram, drfranchellehamilton.com or on Facebook. Until next time. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time. Thank you.